this is Dan Farisi, Editor-in-Chief with Commercial Integrator, welcoming you to AV Plus, the podcast for the commercial AV integration industry. We're really excited to be joined today by one of our industry's real luminaries, Hal Truax, who is VP of Sales and Marketing with Hall Technologies. We're going to have a conversation talking all about unified communications and collaboration, in particular, delving into some of the challenges associated with it. As always, please like and subscribe to our YouTube page, and please subscribe to the AV Plus podcast on Apple and on Spotify. Hal, welcome to the AV Plus podcast. So happy to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Dan. I'm excited to, uh, this is a great topic. It's really relevant to the commercial AV space, and I'm happy to be part of this. So thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you and recognizing, you know, not only your own expertise, but Hall Technologies recognized expertise as a category leader in the industry. I think this will be a really illuminating conversation for the AV Plus audience. So let's jump right into it. The challenges with unified communications and collaboration. I'd like to start with some of the critical connectivity challenges, if that works for you. What are those challenges on the connectivity sphere and how do we solve them? Okay, well, it's, it's, there's multiple challenges uh, across these platforms. I think first is, um, you know, the number of cables that you need to connect uh, these devices together to make them work uh, like they're supposed to. The industry is migrating towards USB-C, which is much better for UCC products, you know, versus HDMI, uh, U, uh, regular uh, USB-A and VGA, which some of these systems still try to mix and match these, but most of the manufacturers now have standardized on USB-C. And I think that's really, really gonna help. Um, the connectivity helps simplify the operation. And then in addition, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of products out there that are wireless. So wireless collaboration can surely make a, a, a contribution to simplifying some of the workflows in an ideal environment. Um, the other thing, so when you start up your uh, UC platform, um, depending on who the user is, sometimes there's guest users, sometimes you have corporate executives that come into a space, they don't use these systems day to day, they come into HQ and uh, if they go to start up a, a session and they're gonna have a meeting, I think what's really helpful if manufacturers can uh, design and implement a splash screen when you launch a, a device or a platform that has instructions on that splash screen, uh, how to connect, how to that, just walk you through step-by-step step how to go forward and how to use the devices that they're using or the system that they're using on-screen instructions seem really, really helpful to me. If there's any other type of instructions, if it were say, if, you know, a piece of paper like this or something, those get misplaced often. So if they can build that into the splash screens, I think it's a huge, it's a huge benefit for everybody. So one thing that I think seems to kind of run through the answer that you just gave is a focus on making things a little bit simpler, making things a little bit more easy, making things a little bit more intuitive. Um, is that something that really seems to be kind of like a groundswell in the industry that whether they're you know integrators or whether it's end users and technology managers, they want things to be a bit more streamlined, a bit more efficient, a bit less laborious to have to deal with. Is that something you're seeing? That's 100% correct. Uh, you know, the concept of, of the UCC products was uh, adopted, embraced by 
by many, by end users, by the integrators, uh, and by the manufacturers. But the challenge has been streamlining those operations, consolidating some of those functions into fewer devices and making them super intuitive. Because the whole idea is the people that are using these day-to-day -day are, are not people that, that thrive on learning the technology. They're, they want to communicate effectively and simply with whoever their audience is. So you're, you hit the nail right on the head. It's got to be super simple and uh, somewhat intuitive. I think that's exactly right. I mean, our, we in our industry, especially with respect to UCNC, we are communications facilitators. And anything that's going to get in the way of that communication or encumber that communication or make that communication any more uh, any more of a, a labor or a hassle than it has to be, I think is really inhibiting our ability to be solutions providers in a meaningful sense. Yeah, 100%. We're all striving for the same thing. We wanted to deploy, to develop and deploy the best product, the best platform, and to make it almost make the technology transparent or invisible. Somebody starts up their machine or their platform or their uh, in a in a boardroom or a huddle room, uh, turn it on and 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 basically connect. It should be that easy, um, and that's what everybody's striving for: simplicity. So let's talk about another thing that I think is a really important factor, and that is quality, particularly video quality. How do we solve some of the video quality issues we see? For example, things pertaining to aspect ratio. So the the aspect ratio. Is a little bit easier to solve than some other challenges, in my opinion. You know, it, a lot of the devices now have AI that help with tracking and framing and, and setting up that screen properly. Um, but then you need scalers for resolution and color balance and so forth. So if you have built-in scaling and some AI for auto framing, I, I think that's a really good start. The stuff that we can't control, unfortunately, is bandwidth. Right, so those that's still a that's still a a, a moving target, and you got to have a robust uh, infrastructure to to have your best uh, you know video captured and the, the audio go with the video and so forth. Um, I would say devices that have uh, EDID management built in as well help with connectivity and help smooth out the process. But it's really for resolution. It's it's got to be um, uh, auto scaling function built into the device. So let's look at that bandwidth issue a little bit, because as you say, it's still a work in progress in a sense. Um, are, are we still meaningfully having a lot of bandwidth issues when you think about, you know, UCNC at Enterprise, UCNC as it pertains to education and learning? Do you feel like we're not achieving the results that our customers are expecting, our clients are expecting? Is bandwidth still uh, not only a limiting factor, but a limiting factor that's actually inhibiting quality these days? Yeah, I believe that's still true. Um, you know, when when we started doing more unified communication and collaboration uh, as part of our daily workflows, whether that be a, an educator due to, to COVID and doing stuff in a high flex or hybrid classroom, or whether that's corporate America, like we're involved in, um, that's the one thing that's still out of our control. Now, I say that we're here in our HQ in Texas, and we've got a fiber backbone coming in. So we've got We've got enough bandwidth to facilitate everything that we need. But I find that a lot of uh, people working from home that are uh, managing businesses or people that are very rural um, are still faced with this bandwidth issue. Um, 
you know, so I so that's that's still a problem. You, you know, the solutions that we've all been there. We we turned off our camera uh, to help uh, free up some bandwidth and so forth. And and I think that's still I see that um, at least once a week in all my virtual meetings. Somebody's got to shut down the camera because they're having an issue on their end with bandwidth. One of the the cool things um, that happens in most of these with these devices, like I've got a 4K. AI camera that I'm that's framing me up right now, but all of these devices uh, downscale and then the platforms downscale. So if you have a 4K device, it's really streaming uh, through the codec, you know, maybe 720p or 1080p. Uh, so the platforms do a good job of of trying to manage bandwidth on on their end uh, as far as because a 4K through the pipeline would really cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. You need, you need quite a, a width of pipe to be able to accommodate something like that. Um, the other thing I want to talk about just in terms of the video quality before we move on to another topic is it really seems to resonate with something a lot of us are talking about these days, which is meeting equity. The idea that if you're working from home, you want to be able to have an equitable experience as people who are in the, the communal home office. And as you say, if you're, you're fighting for bandwidth, maybe with a family member who's working from home or you have children at home streaming television, uh, you may not be getting that same kind of an equitable experience as people who are in the communal office with, you know, broadband are. Um, so that is something that I think our industry is going to have to continue to, to tackle if we're going to make sure that people, regardless of where they are, regardless of where they happen to work, regardless of their family situation, are able to participate meaningfully in meetings just as though they were physically in person. Yeah, that that whole equitable space or, you know, people use the word parity, right? They, they, they want to feel like they're involved in the meeting the same as they would be if they're in the classroom or if they're in the, the boardroom or the huddle space uh, on site. And I, I believe it's gotten a lot better. Some of it is just due to us being more proficient in using the devices and setting up properly. Um, I know some of the people at home when I've had virtual meetings, they've mentioned to me things like, well, you know, their kids understand now they can't do videos, they can't stream video games at certain times and they can't do all that. But that those were all kind of trial by fire experiences and how to make the, the meeting more equitable or how to make it feel more in parity with being on site. And so the people have gotten pretty creative and figured out what, um, what affects their bandwidth in their home, you know, uh, certain times a day or of course, uh, high bandwidth streaming. Yeah, I've certainly had to do that with my two-year-olds at home and they want to watch Coco Melon or they want to watch uh, Blippi and I'm fighting for bandwidth because I'm trying to do a webinar using the same uh, same modem. So I know yeah. just what you mean. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's move to talking a little bit about reliability, another absolutely essential factor when it comes to uh, conferencing collaboration, UCNC. How do we improve reliability of USB workflows and make sure we keep all devices connected? Well, I think one of the, the first things that, that we need to do from the manufacturing side is if we're, if we're bringing something to market uh, that is a consolidated uh, UCC piece, it's important to have USB switching in that device to be able to switch uh, from uh, device to device seamlessly uh, within the platform. Um, the other thing that's, you know, that's important that we see all the time is incompatibility in USB, um, USB versions, right? Uh, I think if everything is uh, USB 3.0 and backward compatible, 
to 2.0 and all, all those types of things, it's important to have that backward compatibility. A lot of devices, even, even a lot of platforms don't work that way. Um, so there can be some inter interoperability issues between uh, certain cameras, certain devices, uh, because of uh, maybe they're just set up to go uh, USB 3.0 and maybe even looking forward to 4.0. But a lot of this, these devices out here need to be backward compatible uh, to USB 2. Um, so I think that that's that's really, really important. And then, you know, I think we've all gotten much closer to standardizing on a connector and that USB-C connectivity. You know, we can we can do signal, uh, we can do audio video, we can do charging, we can do so much through USB-C uh, connectivity that um, I think that also uh, aids to reliability. If um, if we've got a simple way to connect, a simple way to charge, a simple way to transport audio and video, um, all that stuff, you know, it, it's gotten a lot better in the last, well, at least in the last, you know, 15, 18 months. I think the product interaction and the interoperability between devices has gotten much, much better. And that's due to feedback and frustration from people in the field, people <laughs> trying to use these things at, in their workplace or, or the, uh, at school. And coming back and saying, really, guys, you know, we have to do much better. So the onus is kind of on us as manufacturers to to make sure that that's a, that that's as seamless and as easy as it can be. So we're returning to those words again, seamlessness and easiness, recognizing that those are really imperative in the marketplace these days. And talking specifically about USB, you were talking about the need for, for compatibility and interoperability, the idea that because you have a particular piece of equipment or a piece of technology in your workflow, you shouldn't necessarily have to replace everything around it. There should be some sense of interoperability and, and, and functionality where you don't actually need to disrupt your entire workflow to accommodate that the piece of equipment is that really kind of the way that the, the zeitgeist of the industry is right now that people don't want to have to adjust themselves and their workflow and their style of doing things to meet the technology rather that the technology should meet them where they are and work with their workflow is that kind of the idea these days i think that's a that's an accurate statement for sure and you know case in point i mean i'm, I'm kind of showing my my hand a little bit here but i got a new computer that i take everywhere with me i'm using that today and what I've got connected is a, a speakerphone docking station that handles uh, that'll charge that'll handle content I can put USB content in here uh, I've got an AI camera that works with USB-C workflow and when I first got this computer the only connectivity that I had was USB-C so uh, it, it just shows that we're all working together we're all going towards that same kind of medium for connection um, you know Two years ago, three years ago, most of these devices just had USB-A connectivity, uh, and that that caused a little bit more of a problem. So I, I think we're all working together, you know, both on the IT side and the AV side to kind of um, converge on something that is usable, uh, deployable, and demonstrable by our audience. So let's think about ROI, because I know that's another factor that really is critical, I believe, these days to a lot of end users, a lot of technology managers, a lot of the decision makers with whom integrators are interfacing. 
Is there a way that you believe we can achieve more quantifiable ROI when it comes to unified communications and collaboration? Is there a way we can really kind of drill down and say this UCNC solution, this UCNC application is giving us something that we can measure, that we can see, that we can feel? Yeah, I believe so. I think, you know, if we if we rewind the clock, you know, five or eight or 10 years, I remember uh, a lot of people coming to market with very elaborate, um, very pricey um, video uh, teleconferencing solutions, right? To, uh, that they would bring in, there's a lot of manufacturers that we know of that have great solutions, they've been doing it for years, but they're really expensive. You couldn't really replicate that at home or in your home office. You couldn't really take it with you on the road either. So what we've what we've got now, I think, is we've got s- solutions where we require less hardware. You can, you know, uh, in many of the huddle rooms here, we've got a single soundbar with an AI camera, so one piece of hardware and a, and a display. Uh, it's very affordable. And same with my desk, I've got a pretty affordable little camera and a speakerphone. Um, so less hardware is needed from just a few short years ago. Um, and it's easier to outfit everybody with something that works better than the really costly systems did of yesteryear. So I, and I think that you can have real-time meetings, not very much downtime and connectivity. You know, I've been in many, many meetings where I've gone to, um, went to a couple of movie studios to do some uh, meetings with some of the executives there. And we had people from, from all over the globe. And I remember uh, spending 30 or 40 minutes trying to get everybody connected with the technology. And so that's a, that's a negative ROI. So what we've got now, we've got technology that works as soon as you turn it on, you log into your meeting through whatever platform that is, you know, um, and it, it just works. So you got more productivity, you got more time to, to, to uh, devote to the meeting, and then your overall hardware costs are much, much less than they were. So I think that translates into a significant uh, increase in in measurable ROI. Uh, Downtime and frustration is a detraction, and I don't think we have much of that anymore. Um, The product, you know, fewer products, you need to put these systems together. Um, With just a couple of products, you can create, they're building blocks for other more complex systems or, or, they work across multiple platforms and, and you don't need devices dedicated to one soft codec necessarily. These are harmonious uh, among many platforms now. And that also adds to the, uh, adds to the ROI um, in a sense, you know, again, less hardware, more universality. It's interesting that trend you've put your finger on because we're certainly seeing exactly what you said. Less hardware, a little bit systems that are less bulky, a little bit less heavy. And when I think back to going back to, you know, Infocom shows in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, and you would be thinking about conferencing or collaboration or telepresence as some people would refer to it. It oftentimes did involve very, very bulky, very hardware centric, very large capital expenditure investments. And now we've gone really very, very much in the opposite direction, trying to streamline things, center them on soft codecs. And as you have you know, really kind of driven home throughout this conversation, making the conferencing and collaboration experience easier, 
less hassle, more intuitive, and, and just more simple where you can walk into the room and you can collaborate. You're not going to invest 45 minutes trying, as you said, to get everybody on. It's just going to be, we're all conferencing, we're all collaborating right away. Is that the moment we're in right now? Yeah, it's it, it, 100%. It's become part of our daily lives, right? I mean, we're, we're doing this virtually. I have probably half a dozen virtual meetings scheduled today, and that's kind of the status quo. Uh, they all seem to work. The, there's not there's very rarely a problem uh, getting on and making sure that you're communicating effectively and effortlessly with whoever's on the other end of the meeting. Um, you know, if we go back even two years ago, I think I, I think some of the progress is is the human acceptance of these platforms and and so forth. You know, we all go back to all the meetings, you know, and people are talking and we say, hey, you're on mute. That's that's uh, operator error. And so we've gotten much better in, in that sense. We've also gotten much better in, in the, the cost of the equipment, which adds to the ROI again, and licensing and so forth. Back in the, in the days like 2005, there was significant hardware costs and there was licensing fees that uh, were recurring costs that cost a lot of money. So it's, it's much more affordable and available today. And, and in my opinion, it actually works better than uh, the stuff that first got introduced into our space. So as we begin to start to wind down the podcast, the last question I have immediately to think in my mind is um, considerations for designing customized UCNC solutions. I think we've talked a lot about the idea that these solutions need to be tailored in a meaningful way to the people who are going to be using them to make sure that their needs are being met, to make sure that they're having equitable experiences no matter where they are. What are some key considerations if we're really trying to customize these UCNC solutions? How to design for that level of customization? Well, you know, I think that that some things, if we if we take the word so customize, I, I think that there's less customization required if we are deploying systems that are plug and play uh, for the most part and universal across. You know, it doesn't matter uh, on your computer if it's a PC-based computer or an Apple. It doesn't matter if um, uh, if you're doing Teams, uh, WebEx, BlueJeans, uh, Zoom, any of those platforms. As as long as you're de you're designing with products that have a universal uh, ability to work across all those platforms, and there's less customization needed. Where the customization comes in is the size of the room. I think if you're, you know, like this, I'm in a small office. I have a simple speaker microphone. I have a simple camera. As you get into larger spaces, you're going to have more people actually in a in a room where you've got a lot a lot of on-premise people in addition to the virtual people, that room needs to be customized a little bit with microphone placement, with, with camera placement, and with making sure you have a wide enough field of vision, making sure all your sound is seamless and you don't have, have hotspots throughout the room. That's where the real customization comes in, I think. Um, also, you know, um, in a software sense, uh, the hardware all, pretty much is interchangeable now with USB-C workflows and all that. And there's a lot of talk about that. And then the more we can get universal in, in uh, soft codecs, right? Working across all the platforms. Because we're, we're on a Zoom meeting now. I'm on Teams meetings. I'm on WebEx meetings. I do all types of meetings with these same devices. And, and universally, they work very, very well with little to 
well, to actually to zero customization in my my case. So I think it's really plug and play and universality um, on most spaces. Obviously, the whole technologies is a substantial player in the UC and C space. So I'm just wondering, is there anything you want to say from Hall's perspective, from Hall Technologies perspective, solutions that you have, new offerings you're going to be providing, anything that our audience on AV Plus should know about that Hall, uh, Hall Technologies rather can offer to uh, enable them to deliver the kind of outcomes we've been talking about, those exceptional outcomes? Well, well, yeah, I think so. You know, we, we decided to get into this space. Uh, in a big way, uh, we've got, you know, Ken Eagles, our VP of technology, he's really created the roadmap. Um, and we, you'll see a lot of uh, marketing, a lot of product announcements now uh, with additional UCC products. But, you know, we've got small speakerphones, we've got AI cameras, we've got a device that's very, very popular now. It's called a Mercury. It's a sound bar with an auto framing camera. Um, We've got some soft codec devices, some BYOD devices. I mean, it's a whole plethora of stuff to help people in their workflow. Um, I think we've we've done a lot of marketing around the um, USB workflows and a, and a lot around the UCC. So I would just say, you know, uh, keep your eyes open. Uh, check our website www.halltechav.com uh, for new products every every two weeks, really that are centric to the UCC space. So, um, but uh, it, it's a huge category for us. It's probably the, the fastest growing category here at Hall. Uh, we're not alone, but it, it's something that's really needed and really relevant to the space. It's really needed. It's really relevant. And the fact that you're saying there may be new products, if you go on that website virtually every two weeks, it just goes to show the level of organizational investment your colleagues and you at Hall Technologies are making in this rapidly expanding, extremely important category. So I certainly do encourage uh, the AV Plus uh, audience to go to halltechav.com and check out those solutions. As you say, if you go two weeks from now, there might be even more than there is now. So exciting times for Hall Technologies. Well, yeah, it is for sure. So thanks for the opportunity here. And we are a different company than we were for a long time. Uh, we're really innovative. We're really trying to be disruptive in the best way and uh, look forward. And we, we the support's been great from, from the integration community and the end user community and the trades. So, you know, it's very, uh, I'm, I'm very flattered and very uh, uh, fortunate to be on this call with you. And I, I appreciate all the time. Well, likewise, we are fortunate to have you on the AV Plus podcast, Hal. We really appreciate the time investment to educate our podcast audience and me about the latest from Hall Technologies and how you are overcoming the challenges to UCNC to deliver the kind of outcomes that uh, you know the integration community and the end user community expect. Thank you once again, Hal Truax, VP of Sales and Marketing with Hall Technologies, for joining me today on the AV Plus podcast. Thank you, Dan. It was, it was terrific. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And you as well. My name is Dan Farisi, Editor-in-Chief with Commercial Integrator. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Please go to commercialintegrator.com each and every Friday for a new edition of AV+. In the meantime, have a great day. And thank you once again for tuning in.